Good evening and welcome to horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I am Adam. I don't know why over the last 150 episodes, it almost feels as if every episode I get a little bit more excited by that. <laughs> you know, kind of, I can't believe we're still here. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck like, is run... still listening? So <laughs> how's this going to be in 10 years then? You'll just like shoot up through the roof. Oh, just... Hit the moon. It's like he's running from the crash <laughs> every time. It's like, we fucking live! <laughs> How is this still happening? Right, so, um, so, good evening. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be, there's going to be a lot of swearing and a lot of spoilers because those are our two favourite things that we like to do. Um, and we are here for our What We've Been Watching episode. Um, it's the run up to Halloween, so there's been mm-hmm. lots of new stuff released, um, and I'm sure we've been s- slightly leaning towards more horror in our uh, general viewing than usual. Um, apart from those of us who have been unwell, which is everybody <laughs> but me. Um, <laughs> oh, you've escaped it, have you? <laughs> Woo! You see, this is what happens. You've, you've you don't got it to come, any, though. Fucker. Yeah, that's Lock true. yourself in your house. You don't catch shit. Um. I've, I feel so rough. I've got so many. I had so many one-liners about it, but it's just been like I'm rougher than a sandpaper hand job. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sicker than Prince Andrew's Google history. You know. So... I think you've you've really set the tone for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, new listeners. We nice to see you. Um. Yes. So, Chris. Let's kick off with you. What have you been watching in what? the horror genre since our last uh, gathering? I've got a lovely little kickoff. So Ooh. you've been recommending it possibly every single episode and every single bonus episode. Um, but after seeing Adam from Not For Everyone started watching Inside Number Nine, I thought, well, I have to. I've got to really get on this, haven't I? So... So I start, start from the beginning, right? So Inside Number Nine came out 2014, Reese Shearsmith, Steve Pemberton. And they, as far as I know, they write it and mostly are the main actors. Mm-hmm. But you do get a whole cast of all sorts of other uh, fantastic actors as well. But um, yeah, so Anthology, What's Not to Love, that's great. And it's amazing, really. So I've seen the first two series. I had seen... The first two episodes of series one before so i didn't watch those again mm. um but yeah it is amazing or sort of how different they can make them and yet all still have a feeling of it's like impeccable dialogue character development in a pretty short space of time and they seem to gel really like even though they're playing such different characters it just seems to work so well whether it's comedy horror like yeah I, I i think that's the thing i think adam and i obviously were massive fans of, of those mm. those two guys and um mark gatis when they used to do the league of gentlemen together um and they yeah, used to okay, play yeah. different characters in the same show um but yeah it still surprised me just how well they can kind of write these half hour segments it'd be mm. absolutely astonishing and then the next week they just do it again and as you say i was like they might get a couple, you know, it's like Tales of the Unexpected or something where you got like two or three good series and then it all started sort of sloping away and it mm-hmm. got very samey and very shit. Inside yeah. number nine, 
just seems to have hit like an eight to nine out of ten and just fucking mm. stuck with it the whole way through and is still going. It's just astonishing. It's a sickening amount of talent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. That that's that's I think they would say it that way. <laughs> it's no truly, because like yeah. you say, they they show this would be a series this would be an amazing series if you were just the writer or you were just the two actors yeah. who appeared in every yeah. one. Because it's like a showcase for them as performers, mm. but it's also their like amazing scripts and their amazing ability of... I mean, obviously, there's producers and directors and casting and stuff like that. The, the music, by the way, all the music is done by the guy who did um, the soundtrack to Triangle. Oh, okay. Uh, Christian Henson. I don't remember you saying that before. Okay. I, I yeah. think I can't remember, but because the weird thing was, is when I was watching Triangle, I looked him up and I was like, I'm already following him. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, I put the two together. That's but why. Yeah, it, but mm. the um, that also when you when you get towards the end, Chris, there's a very good podcast on BBC Sounds called Inside Number Nine. Uh, Inside Inside Number Nine. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Um, it's presented by Reese and Steve. I think they started mm -hmm. doing it when uh, during lockdown because it was like a way uh, of yeah, okay. continuing to produce stuff around it. But yeah, yeah, they basically did they did like sort of a best of series and then every series they've made subsequent to that, I think the last two. So so um, that's interesting. So best of they choose the the best episodes to discuss. They chose they chose like I think like they basically the made a series, but I think it was voted for. Mm, okay. I think it was actually voted for online, but um, because I know, um, have you, Chris? Have you seen uh, the Twelve Days of Christine? Yeah. Well, so this is what I was going to say. Out of the two series, I was thinking, can I choose a favourite? And and that absolutely stands out. And it's like, how can this be standing out against? What was so amazing already? Wait, and sorry, yet, I but... just, I'm just going to have to cut through you there. Is that the fucking horrible Christmassy one? Yeah, it's the one with it, it um, is. Uh, oh, what is wrong Jeremy with you? <laughs> Look, I his favourite the... film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. And don't um... worry, Chris. They have one of those every two seasons or so. One of the ones where I go, "Yep, I won't be talking this to is... anybody for four days." Yeah. Ever watch that? And uh... but but it's this way they mix the twist with still elements of comedy and darkness and yeah. you know it's the psychological surreal experience and you're just thinking look they have captured something there that i could really imagine that's almost exactly how something could transpire and you just be like yeah this is the reality but it's the yeah. way they keep throwing a spanner in their own works with the, <laughs> let's make a completely silent episode let's make mm. an episode mm. that's entirely iambic pent pentameter let's do an episode where uh, it, where it's all done in one shot like if, like they mm. just keep saying we've got the best show on tv <laughs> how could we possibly try and trip ourselves over and they just keep and they they still but, make but that, pull it off every, that might be yeah, that's a bit like though creating certain constraints somehow can propel you to create some of your best work. I think it's also there's such a melting pot of like they admit themselves of influences, but they've got such a mm. wide range. Yeah. It's not just it's not just gonna be like here's twelve hammer movies. 
Mm. Or, but they also have this sort of lovely thing of how far or how how far do you go as comedy or not? Because there are certain ones that sort of get there. There's some fucking dark shit mm. in some of these, and, and done really well. Because I don't think it's ever done. I don't think it's ever done in a way that people would find too repellent, just sort of, mm, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. There's lots of episodes that I watched and then said, I will definitely never watch that again. But I've never <laughs> said I didn't enjoy it. I just mm, said yeah. I mm. enjoyed it as a journey, but I couldn't mm. possibly ever put myself through it a second time. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, I've, I've got a lot to look forward to. You have. You really have, man. I'm just looking. So you've watched the first two seasons, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, God. see, it's funny because I thought you'd seen a lot. I thought there was a lot of the, like the standout episodes you'd already seen. But now I'm looking back through them as we talk. I'm like, he hasn't seen that one. He hasn't seen that one. He hasn't. Seen... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it it's it just keeps getting better and better. It really does. It's it's the show that just keeps giving. Yeah, and how it goes from being comedy to being dark in each different one. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm into this now. This is, you've you just set my mood perfectly. For Every episode has yeah. both. Every episode is yeah. funny and sinister, but to varying degrees. Like a lot of the time they're kind of half and half. But yeah, sometimes mm. they go wildly to one end or the other. Um, it's, yeah. like, it's like Nana's party. <laughs> just because do, do you remember where oh, he, yeah. he's got his head up in the cake and you're like because they're setting you up and you're like i know you're setting me up for for what's obviously gonna happen and then it still twists <laughs> enough that you're like no i didn't i did not see that coming <laughs> there just, are, there are yeah. certain ones where you do feel they've gone right what's the most tales of the yeah. episode we can do and how can we basically how can we show like how can we do roll doll now Mm. Because it's not, you know, it just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. So, so for any of our listeners, that is probably possibly the hottest take from this episode. Is if you haven't seen Inside Number Two, one hundred percent go out and get stuck in because you've got seven series of absolute gold out there. Stop listening to us, whatever you do, and just go and press play. Some of them will make you want to shut yourself in a dark room away from your family <laughs> for a couple of days, but. It, you'll still feel enriched for it, so it's all good. Mm, absolutely. Um, Adam, would you like yeah. to tell us what you've been watching? Uh, yeah, I've um, I, well, I'll kick off with because it's now so long ago that I watched it that I could be losing memories as we speak. <laughs> so, um, but I watched um, Men, which the. Uh, 2022 film uh, which is the new one well the, the latest one from Alex Garland uh. who, who yeah who did um, Annihilation and Ex Machina and yeah uh, and what was the um, yeah a lot a lot of movies for Chris um, yep and um, and Devs that was the other thing I was trying to think yeah Devs the series, series. yeah that's yeah. that really good mm. um and uh, basically, it's. I definitely, Lee, it will do nothing for you because I think you would just be annoyed at the lack of. Because there is, it's like. You've, there is a message, isn't there? 
but mm. I'm not entirely sure how what's what you've fallen down on with it or sort <laughs> of which side you're on. <laughs> but mm. It's yeah, it's it's a very but it's a very strange film. It they sort of bung in a bit of folk horror, but that's not really important at all as far as I can sort of see with the film. Uh, but basically, uh, so there's um, this, uh, there's a woman uh, played by Jessie Buckley, who's um, basically you find out fairly early on that her husband has possibly slipped, possibly killed himself by jumping off of a building. Um, and you get drip fed basically quite early on that you realise that they were in the process of breaking up and he was just a fucking prick. So you're not really that fucking bothered. Um, you just think well out of it. Um, and then, um, but she goes on holiday, obviously, uh, like to try and sort of, uh, you know, get her head back together mm-hmm. and ends up in this village where um, she is basically constantly sort of given examples of very toxic masculinity of Mm. sort of like just blokes being blokes um but they're all played by rory kinnear um which is so it's kind of is it that they are it's like there's one man yeah, and it's it, and it doesn't make itself particularly clear in either so, camp. So does she not? A, so she, she responds to them as if they're different, right? Okay. Yeah, she never registers that they are the same person, but we the mm-hmm. audience see that it's real to the point where there is a bit where she there's a there's a like even like a fourteen year old schoolboy who's a little prick, and he's got Rory Kinnear's face, <laughs> so it all goes a bit fucking Apex Twin and a bit. Yeah. Him, well, to be fair, it also goes a bit Alan Partridge because there's a bit in mm-hmm. an Alan Partridge where is, they is that deliberate on a schoolboy, and <laughs> unfortunately, that's all I could think of that may have robbed it somewhat of its impact. Mm. I don't know. Um, I'm but yeah, just looking it up now on IMDb. Yes, I did watch the trailer for that, and I really like. Obviously, I really like Rory Kinnear, and I really mm. like the actress as well. So I was really yeah, just about to see yeah. this. So I'm glad that you said don't. <laughs> I just I could probably would have and high expectations and then just been pissed off. Yeah. yeah, it's. I I think it's it's semi brilliant is the best way of putting it. I suppose mm. is it sort of well executed, but I'm not sure who you've executed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've just seen a very clean act. Mm-hmm. So it's um yeah. I think I am very tempted to watch it because I would probably Chris... watch anything by Alex Garland and anything from A twenty four. Oh mate, mm. seriously, yeah, it's A twenty four. So that gives you another mm. sort of indication of the area we're in and everything. Yeah, but I think that yeah, he's a very um, he's a very strange man, and I think <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, I think you'll like. I think you'll definitely do it, Chris, but it's one of those ones that you do like just chew on mentally mm-hmm. where you're like sort of, right, okay. Cause, and there's some visuals in it that are really striking and it's not just, mm-hmm. oh, they've all got the same face. There's some fucking m- mad fucking body horror. And yeah, it's, right. 
yeah, just watch it, Chris, so that someone else yeah, I can okay. sort of commiserate yes. with someone else yeah. at home. Because it's, yeah, I sort of, mm, yeah, but yeah, I, was, I would say, yeah, a big, uh, a definite no something. for you, Lee, but a definite <laughs> one for you, Chris, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's lovely to see Adam almost speechless. He had so yeah. much to say and yet nothing to say. Like, that it's... is a sign of a really good film when he's like, yeah. oh, I really want to talk about this. But I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying. Like that's yeah. that's a perfect like it yeah. is. It is. It's it's one of those ones that I think is gonna be like that will be remembered as a, a like a grand failure in mm. someone's you know, where it's like it's the odd it's the odd one out of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But actually gets a bit of a following because people kind yeah. of revisit it and go, actually this isn't this isn't crap. This is you know, mm. this is and on that note, I'm going to dive into my uh, first movie. <laughs> um, so we need to address that there are two elephants in the room as it is now we're into October and the two big mm. films that are being released this year. Um, so we've been talking about it for well over a year now. I watched Rob Zombie's Monsters movie. Mm. Now. I it's been universally panned as utter dog shit. Oh um, dear. And I can totally see why. But I said from the off that this is possibly the hardest sell of his career. Like mm. the Monsters is very twee because it was made in the 60s. If you take that, and the thing is, it, it's so loved that I can see yeah. why they keep trying to remake it. But the problem is, you can't remake it and make it an adult movie because it's too twee uh, ideal. But equally, you can't create a 60s sensibility movie now because it doesn't work for a modern audience. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do with it, you are going to fail. And I feel that what he's done with it is he's tried to create something. You know, when we were talking with our friend Adam Laws, I can't remember if it was an Ask Welcome to Horror or when he was on uh, for an episode, and we talked about what what's being made now to bring children into mm. horror later in life. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I think that was yeah. like a yeah, that was that was when he was on the on the show. Yeah, and I think mm. this is that. Is that? that I, yeah, that's I think it's family friendly enough mm. that you could show it to children of any age. It's bright and colourful, and it's funny, and it's over the top. So it had worked mm. for young children. It's got. It isn't dark, but it's got enough of that kind of Halloweeny feel to it to work to almost preteen. Um, mm -hmm. so I, so I think this is the audience that this is going to hit for. And I think it's going to get people to know those iconic characters who mm. wouldn't have gone back and watched the original. Like, yeah, trying to show kids now a film for a, a TV show from 70 years ago is a really hard sell. And I think this is a great middle ground, um, yeah, and I know there's lots of other stuff. You know, we've talked about Coraline and um, 
you know those uh mm. the new key and peel one that you were talking about adam that's oh about. yeah wendell and wild i've got to see that yeah that does that's, look totally 100 percent aimed at small small children mm. but looks sinister as all fuck um yeah yeah so so i think th- this is the same it, it doesn't look as sinister but I think it's I think it's going to introduce people at a young age to something that they'll grow to love later. So that's nice. me defending it. And I, <laughs> I I mean I didn't hate it. I had a nice enough time watching it. I will probably watch it again next year. It won't be in my yearly rotation for Halloween, but like if you said if you said Adam, do you know what? No, I really want to cover it. I know you won't cuz you <laughs> You, I said, have you watched it for the episode? And you went, fuck no. Um, <laughs> so I, I get the, that. But if you suddenly said, I want to do it next week as the episode, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I'm going to do it from memory because there's no way I'm watching that shit again. Like, I'm, I wasn't <laughs> upset by it. Fair enough. I had a nice enough time watching it. I thought he did the best job he could do with a very hard to manage package, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I laughed a lot of the way through it. Adam smirking at the fact I said package. Um, I'm laughing at the fact that Claire laughed at the fact he said package. <laughs> yes, that adds a lot more to it. A third hand laugh. Do you know what? I'll fucking take it. I'm not fussing. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, don't go in expecting it to blow your mind. But if you like us and you're like, well, this is only going to fail. I just want to see how it fails. Um, yeah, a- again, and it's on Netflix. So it's not like you've got to leave your house, go and watch it. It's, so it's, I've heard it's like it's basically Lily and Herman meeting. Is yes. that the thing? It's so, not. It's not the monsters as we know it. No, no. With so this is Eddie like a, and Marilyn and yeah, no. So this is the backstory. So she's trying to find love and is struggling. Her dad keeps trying to. So Grandpa keeps trying to set her up mm. with people. Um, yeah, and then Herman basically is in a band. And she sees his band on TV and falls in love with him. Again, it's all kind of throwbacks to episodes from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she falls in love with him from that. And they get together through their uh, through her cousin, who's the werewolf, who's a total fucking sleazebag. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but they get together and then, yeah. And it, it's like, a, it's an original enough story. I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I, I thought it was, yeah, a lot better than it could. I, I thought this could only crash and burn. And having seen that yeah. trailer, I was like, this is going to be unwatchable. <laughs> and it, it wasn't. Uh, that trailer mm-hmm. makes it look a lot shitter than it is. It's certainly not great, <laughs> but it's nowhere near as wank as that trailer looked because that looked really bad. So, yeah. Well, I would definitely watch it. To be fair, it's done the opposite of what what most of these films do, which is show you all the good stuff in the trailer and then just mm. pack it out with a load of crap to make it two hours long. This made a point of not showing you all the money shots in the trailer. So maybe it's the guy who does the trailers for BBC Three, <laughs> who no matter what manages to make you go, "I am not watching that shit" <laughs> of any fucking comedy show they have on there. Oh, really? And then after the time, it's really good. Regardless of whether it's brilliant or genuinely shit, mm. they just yeah, they can't sell it. <laughs> they need to get rid of him and uh, employ me. I'll move out of travel. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Chris, yes. back round to you in the game of Russian so, roulette. 
So I did think, could I just carry on watching Inside Number Nine? And I'm sure I would have <laughs> would have been able to do that, right? Because obviously I there's enough. Room 101 all over again. <laughs> well, right, but I thought, will I be told off for that for just continue off? Who knows? So I thought, all right, I will. I will look for something else. Just to let you know, you wouldn't be Jennifer, no. Lady Jennifer, who does not listen to any of our episodes. Listen to our Room 101 episode. It's the only episode she listened to. She listened to that and our Halloween one with Not For Everyone in the car the other week. Uh, yeah, and thought Room 101 was genius. It's... And I was like, yeah, don't listen to our normal shows. It's a shit. No, but that episode yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> if, if we make one good episode in the, you know, however many years we will carry on doing it for, yeah, that's no, still an achievement. It only took us 101 episodes yeah. to make our best episode. And now we can just decline. So so I did. I put in some real effort here and I thought, um, what else can I watch? And so I think having watched one anthology series, I thought, hey, let's go for another one. So I remembered that Love, Death and Robots had released series three back in, Ooh. I think it was like May, yeah. sometime over summer, right? But I didn't watch it at the time. And... So I thought, yep, that's it. I'm going to give that one a go. And again, just like straight into it, it's fantastic still. Um, now, I didn't realise, I don't know, I'm sure we did talk about it, but it's created by Timothy Miller, who his uh, directing debut is Deadpool. So that certainly gave me some appreciation for why yeah. this is probably so good, because Deadpool is still one of the best films I think ever made. Um I- 100% agree. We were there on opening night, weren't we, Chris? For the first release. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Woo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, in this series, I think they've got like nine episodes and um, they brought back the three robots again, if you remember them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From, from the first. Because I've only yeah. seen the first series. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I did watch. Uh, some if not all of series two but it does funnily enough it seems like a long time ago now mm, yeah uh, that, might, been... that might have been pandemic have effect perhaps but yeah to be honest i think the first love and robots came out i think the reason i managed to watch all of them is ted was still feeding in the night mm, yeah so it's about yeah. four years yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so just to point out um, i'm just looking at the episode list adam do you say you've not seen season three no, I've not. I've only seen season one, and yeah. Right. Even if you don't watch the rest, there is um the episode uh, eight in season three. You must watch. Okay. I'm pretty certain it has been taken uh from a book I'm reading. Oh. And I can't tell you, but that book mm. is a crossover of two worlds of stuff that we love. And I'm Ooh. 99% certain that it's that that is the story. Well, that's very interesting then. Now, funnily enough, I haven't quite reached episode eight. So oh, that's, okay. added, that's added a little extra intrigue for me too. So I'll look forward to that. Yeah, um, I don't, I, like I say, I think I just watched the first series because at that point I was up in the night because I've watched that. Yeah. I've watched first series of Altered Carbon. Yeah, okay. As well. Yeah. So I think they were yeah, I thought that was around the same sort sci-fi. of time. But, yeah, but no, it was the Love, Death and Robots. It, it, genuinely, I, I just thought, again, that was one of those anthology series that was like, I don't think there's anything duff in this. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, each of them seems excellent. Like, they 
managed to fit so much in such a short amount of time because it's yeah. like thir- 13 minutes i think is the longest um is so really? yeah 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 because so something like that yeah. Yeah. but yeah so they, they really do sort of tell a decent enough story in that time um so uh, for me uh lee i was just saying i haven't actually reached episode eight so i've got that extra little bonus that you've just added to it oh as well. excellent um yeah that episode it it's not it, it is a good episode but i think for adam as I say, it encompasses two things that he is a massive fan of. So mm-hmm. it, uh, uh, the episodes I loved on that one, the first one with the three robots, um, yeah. the Night of the Mini Dead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. That's just, just like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, so simple, so effective. Like, you just don't need to do more than that sometimes. It was just fantastic like yeah. it was just 10 minutes of non-stop laughter and then it was done it was like, and that's what i love about the those netflix type shows is that they can just do any like if you want to do a 40 minute story you can do yeah. one. in the next episode if it's six minutes long it's six minutes long that's like, it just do it and it's fine um yeah oh and it just that format for love death and robots just works perfectly. yeah like the different animation studios um the different themes and styles just so, work so well like they're all really fantastic yeah so yeah, yeah. cool good yeah uh, yeah you'll have to let me know when you finish that episode you'll have to mm. just post and just say uh, yeah what you thought of it um adam yes well from men we move on to a singular uh, the man who haunted himself which is a 1970 British sort of psychedelic thriller, um, Mm -hmm. supernatural thing. Um, Yeah, basically it stars a pre-Bond, Roger Moore. And, Mm. um, And fuck me, seriously, the main thing about this film, he's fucking acting. (laughs) <laughs> it's not he's not just really? Roger Moore he's not just Roger Moore he's not, and apparently it's his favorite it was his favorite film oh, of right. ev- everything he did because he like you said he got to act rather than just flash his teeth so mm-hmm. um but um yeah basically he's this um guy who's in a sort of on the board of a reasonably successful electronics company in the middle of a takeover yep that fascinating and then he's driving <laughs> on and just suddenly goes a bit fucking mental and drives all over the shop ends up having a massive crash he's on the operating table and that is oddly grim it gives you a right headache seeing him with like bandage like bleeding bandages and bloodied ears and stuff like that and yeah they rush him into the operating mm. theater while he's there he dies on the table then the heart monitor starts, but two heartbeats? The fuck? Mm-hmm. And then, Interesting. because it's a British film, one of the surgeons taps the top of the monitor and it goes back to one. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> and, yeah, basically, as it progresses, Roger Moore just finds out that it's one of the best 
sinister double movies I've ever seen because you bet they don't have to do any in the room stuff. Hmm. It's just Roger Moore reacting to people saying, Oh, you were in the club on Thursday. Oh, yes, no, you took me for a fiver at the snooker table, but I don't even play snooker. And it's, but yeah, it's just, it fucks with your head. It really Mm. does. It's it's really well done. It reminds me a bit of, in style, it reminds me a bit of The Sorcerers, Mm. like the um, Boris Karloff film is that kind of era. Another film we've been saying since the beginning of the podcast that we need to cover. Um, Yes, we do. And I've still only uh, seen it the once. It's it's a great bloody film, it really is. But um, it's directed by Basil Deard, and, and this was his last film before he died in a fucking car crash. So there you go, there's your, the spookiness as well. Uh, Anton Rogers is in it basically playing the role that Stephen Fry would now play, or, or <laughs> Stephen Fry a few years back would have played. Um, loads of sort of, um, sort of character actor faces from old films and stuff like that. Um but yeah, just really well done. And also any film where the literal only difference between him and the doppelganger that you can spot, they drive an entirely different car. So <laughs> it's it's not hard. But, um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's like a proper, it has a proper descent into madness feel. Oh, and then out of nowhere, fucking Freddie Jones comes into it dressed up like a blind John Sessions from fucking Goldmangast. <laughs> and he's he's a psychiatrist with a with one of those swinging Scottish accents that just just mumbles, you know, and she well yes and looking out of windows very yes. And you see that, but you don't. And he's he's like, the fuck is going on now? Do you know what? He is one of my favourite random British actors. Yeah. As you say, he's one of those terrific. who just occasionally turns up and he's having you go, oh, this is going to get marginally better. Yeah. Doesn't matter and, what and you're so, watching, it's always going to get me. better. Fuck me, it's like suddenly that bit, you're like, is this the Chris file? Is this the prisoner? What the fuck is going on now? It's like you've suddenly <laughs> gone into like a fucking swinging 60s adapt. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's it's very good. Definitely worth checking out. And like I say, um, just prove to yourself Roger Moore's a fucking good actor because mm. the the cliche is that he actually mentions James Bond in it as well. That's a... As they say about industrial espionage. <gasps> well, it's not just James Bond and his type. <laughs> so... It's got to be said. That's, that's pretty good. Literally all I know him for. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, seen... and what? What's Cannonball? He was in Cannonball Run, yes. Playing playing the, the son of a wealthy Jewish woman who's had plastic surgery to an elocution lessons to look like Roger Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? Cannonball Run is another one of those. Yeah. It, I, I, it's only every three or four years I think I'm going to watch that. And I always watch it and go, that was fucked. I need to watch the second one. And I always watch them back to back because I'm always like, I seem to remember the second one being more mental, but I can't see how it possibly mm, could be. And then is. I watch it and go, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. What the fuck? Um, but yeah. Cool. Um, so I have finally gotten round to watching a TV show that I've heard of loads of times, but I've only just managed to actually 
sit down and watch it. Reason being, I signed up for Disney Plus mm. um, this November, well, this October, sorry, ready for um, Hocus Pocus 2, which I did watch, oh, okay. and I'll cover if we have time, but it's not quite as horror as this. Um, so I finally watched 2015 Scream Queens, the TV oh, okay. show. Mm. Did you see it, Adam? I've not seen it, no. Ah, so it's Emma Roberts uh, and Billy Lord, obviously, who you know from American Horror Story. Um, it's Abigail Breslin, who is the young girl from Zombieland. Mm. And Kiki Palmer, mm -hmm. who you've also just watched in Nope. And basically, they are oh, the yes. main characters mm. in a slasher mystery horror um, about a sorority house uh, set in two thousand and fifth. Well, set in two thousand fifteen when it was made. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's utterly fantastic. I was expecting it to be entertaining um, uh, when I saw the cast, but actually, it's so much better than I expected. It's that. See, I think I, I think I got it confused because I thought it was a reality show. Oh, okay. Was there a reality show or something of a similar thing? It was like a, it was a similar thing, it was like Screen Queens or something like that. And it was there could very you, well have been. You could think with I, a name like that, there could be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was going to say I didn't watch it for. I don't know why I didn't watch it, and it was only when I saw it on. Um, uh, as I say, when I got Disney Plus about two weeks. Yeah, they seem to be bringing quite a few horror. Because that was it was obviously really aimed at kids and Star Wars stuff, mm. like Mandalorian when it first released. But yeah, they seem to be adding a lot onto. Well, that's a lot of Hulu stuff gets released on this. So I'm uh, hoping okay. they're going to do the um, the new Hellraiser. Mm. I am very much actually. Just before we started recording this evening, I just rewatched uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. Oh, cool! Which well, no. I a lot of people talk shit about, mm -hmm. uh, but I just well, I can fuck off. Well, yeah, I'd like I'd love to see the original cut because apparently the original cut was twenty five mm. minutes longer, and was all that backstory set in France when the box was made, which was the bit of the film that I read. So that half hour of the film I really liked, and the rest of it was Todd mm. really. Um, but yeah, so I could definitely have done a full hour of that and then put up with the nonsense, but. Because I think the original, originally, because there is also you can get, um, you can get they've published the script, like Martin Atkins' original script, hmm. which has a lot more in it. Okay. Um, but also, I think I'm, I think I'm remembering this correctly, is originally it was just going to be linear, hmm. so yes. it, you wouldn't get the flashbacks to because obviously it starts on the space station. And then it's like, oh, here's the history of it. <laughs> and so on. And, uh, yeah, they go back and they go to the various <laughs> times and stuff like that. But I think originally it was just meant to be you saw it pass through time. Yes, I, you are correct, I think. because uh, So another podcast that I listened to just covered it this weekend, which is what reminded me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, and that's what they said. It was It was supposed to be. You know, it was it was going to show that and basically jump the bits we'd already seen, um, but yeah, I, I I 
I don't hate it. It's, but yeah, it's 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 a three part film, and I particularly like one part, but I keep going back for that same part because it's just so. I, yeah, I just don't think it, it doesn't deserve as much hate as it gets, and at least it's probably the last one that feels like that it's still within the universe rather than here's here's a horror film that we made and we can put Pinhead in the trickster. We originally had it that it was the devil. Yes. Or some bullshit like that. And then mm. oh but we can put Pinhead in this one. And it's yeah. kind of like the last one that feels that it's actually involving the Hellraiser mythology rather than just here's your Punisher. So, no, I th- I think it, uh, yeah, I think that it's unfortunate. I think it really did have fucking potential. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it could have been quite a re- uh, re-interest in the franchise, but unfortunately, yeah, it, it goes adrift. Yeah, it, it, it does. And, and I think it's, the, it's that thing of... It almost felt like they couldn't decide what to do next. Shall we do a backstory? Shall we jump forward? Shall we do a contemporary? And then they kind of tried to merge the three and they mm. just cut all three stories short and didn't get... And the entire film is only 82 minutes, I think, or something. So like, yeah. they're all just 20-minute segments. Nothing gets any time to do anything. So, mm-hmm. But sorry, yes, but we weren't talking about that. We were talking about screen queens. <laughs> <laughs> I just brought up the trailer for Screen Screen Queens. It does look like looks well produced. Yeah, it, it it's really yeah, it is it's again, it's a perfect amalgamation of like a slasher and a mystery and a comedy. Mm. Yeah, and it just gets everything just right, really. Just right. Yeah. Um it, it's an amazing cast. So as well as the cast I mentioned who we know all of those characters. Jamie Lee Curtis plays mm. the Dean of the University. Um, oh, wow. And the entire thing is stolen by it. There is a security guard named Denise um, who turns up, who just absolutely steals the show. She is just phenomenally good. But, it, yeah, I, I, I can't believe more people don't watch it like comedy fans don't watch it. Mm. But I, th- I, when I saw it and I watched the trailer, I thought this is going to be a horror with some elements of comedy, and it's going. But it isn't. I think it's more comedy than horror. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's just really and a bit of mystery. Yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah, um, so, so it's two two seasons. You've seen them all. No, I am okay. uh, ten episodes into season one. So oh, okay. I just, but the kind of description on IMDb implied that it was going to be an anthology type series mm-hmm. where they were going to move from location to location. But yeah, the first series is just the same characters currently in a sorority. So mm. okay, yeah, we'll see what happens moving into the next season if it actually became a an anthology or if they just did two seasons and made them different. But again, mm. it, it's. It is like if American Horror Story did full-on comedy. This is <laughs> its kind of counterpart. So that tends to be the better end of American Horror Story, to be honest. Yeah, their their knowing stuff is much better than just trying to straight up be 
a horror film. And I think that's why this worked so well for me because I came in thinking, oh, well, this is going to be American horror story again with the same people, kind of, but smaller cast or whatever. Um, yeah, and when it came in so heavy on the comedy, yeah, I was just like, yeah, no, this is just fantastic, and I couldn't, I couldn't steam through it quick enough, really. So it's been mm. worth getting the Disney subscription just for this, really. Which is just as well because it wasn't worth it for Hocus Pocus too. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they, but there won't be time to discuss that this evening. So, um... And we won't be covering it either. <laughs> Clearly not. Clearly no. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So just to jam that in quickly again because it is Wait. coming. Okay, because it is coming into horror season. Um, yeah, I I felt very similarly to Hocus Pocus 2, how I felt to the Munsters. Um, mm, okay. Doing a, a follow-on film 40 years later, like that's a, yeah. a big push. 40, yeah. 30 years, 30 years later. Um, and I didn't hate it. I, I, it was quite good. It worked on its own. It wasn't too, like it didn't have a lot of the cliches that modern remakes do push on with the exception of it did keep doing that um not quite to an anchorman level but the we did this joke in the first one people still reference it 30 years later so they redo the same joke and it's like yeah Mm. like it worked because it was interesting and new not because it's repetitive Um, yeah it's it's people quoting it that has made it repetitious Mm. yeah within itself yeah um but yeah i i i thought it was it, yeah it, like it didn't offend me with it <laughs> like it just it, and this is the problem like you do you have something from the 90s or whatever and then they take it and water it down and try to make it well let's make that fit for like a wider audience and you know, and it hasn't sort of done that. It's sort of stuck to look. This has got a cult audience, and it's a kids' film. We're going to appease mm. those two audiences, and we're not going to try and just put yeah, it not... the box office, which which is what I like, really. I mean, mm. ultimately, it was a kids' film, and people who saw it when they were much younger, I think, still appreciate it. I I don't yeah, fit into okay. that category. I just love it because it's got a fantastic Halloween feel and I'm obsessed with Halloween. But that is the problem with stuff now, as we've discussed so many times before, is they try and they take something and then go, yeah, but how can we push it to this demographic? And how can we get it to this age group? And how can we get the... Mm. And and stuff just ends up becoming watered down because you you can't be too gory or you can't be too funny and you can't be too... And it, 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 you just end up losing everything. Yeah, you can lose the essence of something if you have to yeah. go down that route. I yeah. mean, the new Ghostbusters, uh, that was the problem with that. I can't remember how much we discussed that. But that was the same. That was like... Afterlife, yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. it was like it pushed too much towards nostalgia and yeah. being kid-friendly and to appeasing the constant fans who have been following the franchise. And it just felt like it was trying to please too many people, and it probably actually 
didn't please anybody as well. You, you, it's, it's that thing you do after sometimes it's like, right, are we going to cut our losses and go for this different audience to what the originals are? Yeah. But, or but do also, we just pander uh, to the original audience? But, but when they're aimed at kids like this, is it that sometimes they're making it where they're adding enough in that the adults are like, yeah, I can handle sitting through that, but it still is mostly for the kids and we're not going to appreciate that quite as much now. I Possibly. I'll tell you what it did do that I quite liked. Um, it was only because I watched the two back to back. So I watched mm. the original again. And again, like I, I've made it very clear on this that I don't get the whole, you know, I this whole snowflake, you know, millennial thing I have no time for. But when I did watch the original and they just kept saying virgin over and over again, I was like, if you are a parent, that is a conversation you're going to have to have with your six-year-old when they go, that's the fifth time they've said the word. Yeah, that mm. word must what be important. That? Yeah. So in the new one, the guy is telling the story right at the beginning and somebody says, what's a virgin? And he goes, oh, well, the virgin has to light the candle. She says, but what's a virgin? He goes, someone who's never lit a candle before. And you go, oh. Okay, right. that'll do like that that it just it's enough that it will just pass mm. over and you can just get on with the story but i quite like the fact that they addressed it that it was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah hopefully you won't get the questions that the parents got mm. following the first film where they just kept going on and on and on about his virginity and i'm like this is a disney film designed for eight-year-old girls nobody wants to be having that conversation yeah <laughs> Um, and it just, it gives that, I feel like it gives kids more of that, like they know that kids get it now. Before, they just go, mm -hmm. oh, we just put it in and they probably won't ask. And it's like, yeah, no, they are smart enough that once they've watched this film a couple of times, they'll pick up and go, well, I don't understand that. Why do they keep talking about this thing that I don't get? It's probably the people making it remember the awkwardness of having that conversation <laughs> with their parents when they watched it the first time round. If, it could if you're not expecting and, that to happen and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, I did not see felt, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll nip this in the bud because that's <laughs> yeah. the bit that led to uh, some funny looks from my mum and dad when I asked them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good enough film. I quite liked it. It didn't feel too pandery. Mm. It, yeah. It it kind of ticked all the boxes, had a nice time for an hour and a half. So but anyway, That's we have job. witted on quite long enough. So um we shall be back with our next full episode mm -hmm. um in two weeks' time, which will be uh Return of the Living Dead. Ooh. Uh which will be part of our punk rock <laughs> horror month um but in the meantime we are gonna try and squeeze it in i'm only mentioning it because it will mean that we definitely have to do it um we <laughs> we all have seen nope and wanted to discuss it mm -hmm. but we decided that we didn't want to uh squeeze it in here uh, and and have to either cut other stuff out or give it the short shrift because will we cover nope nope <laughs> i did love the fact Again, not giving away if I liked it or not. I did love the fact of just how often they did go, nope, within the film, which just made me laugh. 
every single it's, time. Really. Again, <laughs> again, we, we'll we'll talk about it more, but it is just reassuring to see someone react exactly as you would react. <laughs> no, no, not getting involved. Right. <laughs> cool. Right. Anyway, thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Um, we will see you in a fortnight's time for Return of the Living Dead. Right. Is that must be the second one? But I thought it was Dawn of the Living Dead was the second one. Oh, have I just am I just story. lost? Am I like we'll get into have it? Have I you're, gone you're on the wrong you are, dimension? You are somewhere. correct, but equally okay. wrong. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you as you were saying, and there is because it's interesting, it's addressed within the fiction of the film. Oh as well I as see. Uh, there is a reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, which we will discuss. Oh, exciting stuff. So that's for those of you who don't already know the answer to that to look forward to. Um, so go and check out uh, Not For Everyone podcast. Go and check out the Eerie Essex podcast. Um, Eerie Essex recently, uh, I went back and listened to their early episode and they mentioned uh, Weird Norfolk. Anyone mm-hmm. who lives in oh, the yeah. UK, go and check out the Weird Norfolk uh, podcast put out by the EDP. It's really good uh, and really entertaining. Um, and covers a wide variety of weird shit in Norfolk, <laughs> which is full of weird shit. Lots um, of Norfolk, then. <laughs> well, you know yeah. that. You know, there's that. There was that medical term NFN. Mm. Normal, yeah, normal for Norfolk. Normal for Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and now I totally get why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so go and check all those out, and uh, we will see you in a fortnight's time. If we don't see you before, but we will probably see you before. So go and check out Nope in advance of that. Um, some of us will think that's a great idea. Some of us might not. I'm not giving away what I think of it yet because I've been holding on to it for this long. So I'm still going to try and keep it a secret. He's a dirty tease. <laughs> you know, I loved it. Right. See you in a fortnight's time. Good night. Yeah. Good night.